Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. 365 Sports, joined by Baylor color analyst, former Baylor quarterback J.J. Joe, who sent me a text, I guess this was yesterday morning, when I mentioned that I stayed off of Twitter during the game, and, and, and that's about it. He said, Smoke, main reason I don't tweet during games, you can look like a little schizo. College football's a crazy game. <laughs> JJ, <laughs> if there was anything schizo, it was absolutely Saturday's comeback. Would you agree? Uh, Smoke, it's good to talk to you guys after a dub. Uh, I tell you, yes. Uh, you know, I, I used to try to do that. You know, we're in the booth. Now they have us uh, on video in-house. You know, they, people can see behind the mic. It's not behind the mic. I think it's in the booth now, but – I, I used to try to tweet, but now I send a standard tweet before the game uh, and then maybe afterwards. But, you know, college football can make you ride the roller coaster. And I think a lot of our fans who went from nuke the staff to, you know, <laughs> hey, it's great. So you can look a little, uh, little, little, little schizo there a little bit. So, hey, I stay off Twitter. JJ, having Blake Shapin back obviously was huge. It took until the very end of the game for the offense to to spark to, to take advantage of their opportunities. How did they keep the fourth quarter going? Not only into the next week, but the weeks after. You know, I, I think I wrote this for you guys um, last week. I mean, ultimately it comes down to players just deciding, you know, like guys, there's no way we've gone from a lot of us being on a championship team two years ago to, you know, about to go to one and four and, and hadn't won a game against a decent FBS opponent and, Man, what eight or nine games? So, and you saw it. I think I think you saw Blake come back. That was a huge help. Now he wasn't a savior, although it looked like it. But I think Blake provided another dimension that uh, that you know Sawyer was just not ready to provide yet. Uh, and then he provided some toughness. I mean, at the I knew Baylor would win after I think we were still down eleven. Baylor scored. I think Blake threw a pass, maybe a two point or a touchdown. And he went to the sideline, and you saw it. I mean, he pumped it, and then he just went inside. He punched there, and he was kind of like, "Y'all come with me, right?" And I think, I think that changed the whole tenor of the last part of that game. So, uh, fantastic outing. It was good to see the players make a decision to put themselves in position to win, and things had to go their way, and they did. JJ, I know that uh, we'll ask more questions about you know individuals and kind of how the game flowed, but just to like, what was that scene like there by the end of the game? Paul was, was there, was telling us like how the stadium had emptied out because they were up so big, you know, and all that, and then 
you know, to to just see how improbable that comeback was. What was what was the end of that game like from your perspective? Uh, it was stunning for them. I mean, because they did. I mean, it was a full house. It was bouncing. I mean, when they talk about the stadium bouncing, if you're in the press box, you felt it. I was leaning against the glass. I said, man, this thing is moving. So they had a really good scene. It was very energetic. They jumped on us. And it did. It looked like they were about to leave us as, you know, roadkill. And a couple plays were made. And by the time the really third quarter started, because they had this really kind of interesting drive to start the third quarter, it was. I mean, you probably lost 5,000, 6,000 fans. It may have been more than that. And, and, and as that half went on, I think, I think they made a mistake. I think uh, I think um, the head coach, now I'm forgetting his name. I can't even get his name that fast. But he started, you could tell, he kind of pulled off the accelerator a little bit and trying to milk, he milked that first drive, which really they got, got, they got really lucky on that first drive. And I think he thought, I want to slow this game down. And I think that took a little bit of the air out of their sails and a little energy out of the stadium. J.J. Joe with us on 365 Sports. How much of this carries over, or is it just – they won, and they can, you know, go right back in the hole of what what has been the problem. Yeah, it, 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 you can go back real fast. But I think they – I think the belief – and I, I'll say this, Smoke. Although Blake is not a savior, I, I, you know, I mentioned this last year. I said people were, you know, kind of saying, hey, well, he's not the quarterback. And I was like, dude, it's a first-year starter. It just doesn't feel like he was a first-year starter, but he really was. And I said, give him a year. Just give him a year. He's got to go through the roller coaster of being a D1 quarterback with everybody saying, hey, how great you are one week. Now tell who you are the next week. And they like the backup more than they like you. And he's gone through it. And I think he's on the other side now. He's on the other side where he provides some belief to the teammates. They believe, like, shoot, the Blake back that we think we can be we're in any game. But it still comes down to the detail. I mean, defense has to set edges, man. We got to cover. We got to tackle. We just we just can't give up the kind of yardage and, and plays that we're giving up and think we're going to be we're going to win on a consistent basis. You just can't do it. JJ, they did not have an energy play all year long until the fumble recovery. I mean, they but. It seems to have buoyed their confidence, uh, especially the way you're hearing them all talk after the game. How big are those things for teams to get those at points during the season? Because they're the first four, they just did not have a scoop and score, uh, a, a, you know, anything like that that would you would say would ignite the emotions of a team. Yeah, I mean those those non those non offensive TDs, man, are huge because it just it just it get you still a possession. And you got to think about it. I mean, uh, that that dog on Caden Jenkins. Uh, I don't know. We need to find some nil or something for that kid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you right now. I I mean the whole. I mean, I think we lost Tevin, and I love Tevin Williams too. He's been out. He came back. He played a solid game. But I said I don't know. He's just told coaches Caden Jenkins that he needs to start and he needs to be on the field, and, and, and unless his oxygen level gets too low, he just seems to make plays. He seems like the moment is never too big for him. He made the pick. It was a terrible pass by the quarterback, but he made the pick. That team was about to score at least a field goal again. He stopped that one with just making the catch. And then the scoop and score, he just right, he's in the right place at the right time. And those non-offensive touchdowns, that really that really solidified to me that Baylor was going to find a way to win this game. When he scored, I was like, okay, we're still down, I think, too, but we'll get the ball and we'll win. But that's huge. The energy changed. They, they felt like, oh, my goodness, here we go again. 
And Baylor felt like, you know what, they'd rather get this close. Let's finish this deal. So it's huge for the team to kind of get that extra boost when you really need it. Speaking of players making plays, J.J., one of the guys coming into the season a lot of people had high expectations for was Monterey Baldwin. Um, is that more of what you expected yourself when it came to what he meant to this offense, to this team, and, and how he could spark them? Yeah, and I know it's a combination of things. I always say that I'm not in the, I'm in, I'm not out on the field and in the locker room and in, in, in the coaches' meetings and all that. But that kid has something that no one else on our team has, and he has the ability to run 23.2 miles per hour, uh, and very few can do it. You have to use it. Uh, you have to convince him that you need him. And I really believe uh, for some players, the just be ready so you have to get ready works. I think for Monterey, and I don't know it. I'm going off my guess after watching him for most of the season, watching the first part of the season when he was really non-existent, is that you have to tell him exactly what you need from him, why you need it, and how you're going to use it. Someone has to. It could be Blake. But somebody has to. And he has something that no one else has, and it is actually the coach's job. That's why they get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars. To get a guy like that who's coming to practice every day, who has the talent, you got to use him. You got to figure out how to use him. And they did on Saturday. And he, like Coach said, I think I heard Coach said he seemed like he's playing for something bigger than himself. And I think he was. And you can see if you get him involved, he changes the way defenses have to defend you. That helps everybody. Yeah. And I brought this up to Dave Aranda in the interview today about how his high school coach said that Monterey was part of this problem early in the year. Uh, that he had some things he had to get through. So that was kind of good clarification from that end, and, and Aranda answered that earlier today. What I also, when people asked about, they got to go, you got to get rid of this, you got to get what I, What I want to see is, does a team play hard for a coach? There was every reason that team could have quit at any time, really, and run eight plays down 21 to nothing. Is that something, J.J., that matters to you, that we obviously saw a team that did not quit on their coach? Yeah, I think they really like Coach Aranda. I, I do. I mean, I, I think he's an easy coach to really like. Uh, I mean, he's he, he's going to be clear with you. He's going to be clear cut. He's going to try to try to make sure that he makes the environment good for you. But he's going to challenge you. I think he challenges these guys. He just goes about it a different way. Uh, and not saying he's a player's coach. I think he's a tough coach. But I think you know, ultimately, I think for Coach Aranda, you know, you know, he, his personality is such that. Um, he just has to have the right staff mix around him. Or it can be player mix. I thought in 21 they had the right player mix and staff mix. It was just a wonderful marriage. Uh, this year I think they're trying to find that mix from a coach and then also a player standpoint. You know, what do we have to do to generate that level of energy? And even Coach Rand on Saturday, I mean, he showed more energy, emotion than I've seen him show probably even in the the times we won the Big 12 championship and the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, he got fired up over that missed field goal right before half. There was yep. a clip of him that yep. you would have thought they won the Big 12 championship, and they were down like exactly. three scores at the time. But he like he just knew that that was a big play. I guess it was because he could tell that they hadn't quit, right? That they were still out there and just playing and making plays, and that's how you can inch your way back. Yeah, and, that, and that's what that, – I mean, man, you need that. I mean, you got to – I think I have no doubt that these guys play hard for coach. I have no doubt. I think they like them. I don't – they never quit. Uh, but something's been missing. I, I can tell you what it is, and I, I'm glad that they got that win because, as, as you know, Smoke, you mentioned in the very first question, I think it can be a, it can be igniter to what can be here in the next few weeks. And I'm just hoping, man. I, I just hope I keep 
saying, put speed in space and see what happens. I was on a radio station earlier today, and they were talking about the comeback. And TJ Scott just brought this up in the chat room. The two-point conversions mm -hmm. that they scored, there's four points right there. Uh, UCF had right. a, missed a field goal, had another one, I think, or an extra point. There were some what you call hidden points. And going for two, you miss either one of those. You're in a position you need to not kick a field goal. you got to score a touchdown, which, of course, is a lot different. But the fact that they just said, let's wing it, let's go, we have the momentum, let's go for two. And also, they're trying to make up as many points as they could. Yeah, and that's when that's when that, that's the kind of thing that I don't study. That's when I think those advanced analytics guys <laughs> that they have come in handy, right? Because <laughs> they like that when they were going for two that first time, I started thinking like, what is he doing? Yeah, right. And I looked at the score, and I think it was going to make it eleven or ten versus not. It was something like that. I forget. And I, it took me a while to think through to say, oh, okay, it makes sense, right? But yeah, I mean, it, it came in handy, and they needed every point and the play they ran. I thought. You know, maybe they've shown that play, but the way Blake ran it made it look really good and really easy. Yeah, they were down 35-10, then it was 35-16. They decided to make it 35-18 yeah. versus 35-17 right there at the start of the fourth quarter. Well, because if you're 35-18, you're two touchdowns and a field goal behind rather than 18. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, and then it was 35-26 because they did it again, and then, yeah, yeah, that was, that was crazy. Right. J.J., what did you just think of – or I guess um, – Gosh, kind of a two-parter, but uh, how did you enjoy your trip to Orlando? But also, as, as we let you go here, what are your expectations when it comes to Texas Tech this weekend? Hey, enjoyed Orlando. And I, I expect this thing to roll a little bit, man. I mean, Orlando was great. UCF was great. Uh, the environment there, man, is sweet. I mean, I, I like they had a big party going on. I, I think this thing rolls over to Tech. Uh, you know, Tech's reeling a little bit. They, they think they're working on the backup quarterback. They We have Blake back. Hate that we lost Mike Smith, but I'm looking for these guys. I think they believe something now, and that's a that's a big thing for a team. They they believe something now. They got to do is go out and on defense, you know, just play just a tad bit more clean. And I think they'll 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 get another dub. JJ, thank you very much. Appreciate your time every Monday around 4:45. Former Baylor quarterback and color analyst for Baylor Radio joining us. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.